0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, August 8th, 2019, from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. On today's show, I will be joined by NFL Network's Mike Giotti, Mike was in Detroit earlier this week as the Patriots and the Lions had joint practices. Uh, The Patriots and the Lions will play their first preseason game of the year. That'll be tonight on this Thursday, August 8th. Do you really care about that game? I don't really care about that game. But I do care about some of the storylines that were down in Detroit that everybody was talking about. Mike Giotti was down there. He's got the scoop. I'll get his reaction to the Tom Brady contract and uh, what it all means, not just for him, but also for the Patriots here. Moving forward, I will open the show with that because I also have some thoughts on Tom Brady's contract. I did react to it a little bit on Monday, uh, but some more details have trickled out since I recorded Monday's podcast. So I will tell you how I feel about those new details, and then I will react to a report from Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe today. That doesn't really paint a good picture of Dave Dombrowski, president of Baseball Operations, Dave Dombrowski. It kind of makes it feel like the Dave Dombrowski era is coming to an end this coming off season, this winter. I will tell you what Dan Shaughnessy says about Dave Dombrowski and his relationship with the Red Sox. I'll attempt. To get to the bottom of that, all of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code P-I-C, P-I-C. and football is almost here. We are one month away from regular season football, I mean, to the day, right? The Patriots' first game is Sunday, September 8th. September eighth, today's August date. So September eighth, a month away from regular season football. And if you're checking out your DraftKings app and you're looking at the lineups for week one, you'll see that Ezekiel Elliott is the most expensive player for the week one Sunday afternoon slate. And he's gonna cost you nine thousand two hundred bucks, even though he's currently holding out. And I don't know if that holdout is gonna end before week one. So keep an eye on that. But I'm here to tell you that while you're on your DraftKings app, and while you're looking at your potential Week 1 lineup, you can play for free in Week 1 in the $2 million play-action contest. $2 million in total prizes, $200,000 going to first place, and you can play for free by signing up right now using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. Play for free with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show. I told you... I'll be joined by Mike Giotti, though I was already joined by Mike Giotti. He joined me over the phone earlier this morning. I recorded that conversation. I will play it for you in just a moment. But I'm going to open with my thoughts on the Brady contract. And I know I did this for the most part on Monday. But there's some different stuff that's been reported since I was reacting to the initial report. And the initial report was that this Brady contract was a two-year $70 million extension. And $70 million was still, you know, I don't even know if that's accurate. Basically, Brady got an eight million dollar raise this coming season in 2019, increasing his salary from 15 mil to 23 mil. All right. And then there were two years on the extension, 30 million next season in 2020, and 32 million in 2021. And, um, you know, those details came out, but then we found out that those extension years, and I'm using the air quotes on my fingers when I say extension, and every time I say extension with this contract, just let it be known, I'm using the air quotes on my fingers, because it's not really an extension, because now, or since I talked to you on Monday, it's been reported that those two years of the extension will become void at the end of this league year, which this league year will end in March of 2020. So the final day of this league year in 2019, which I believe is March 17th. Either way, it's in March. On that day, the Brady extension, void. So Brady is still, even though there's a two-year $70 million extension, which is really just, what, 62 mil, plus the $8 million raise that he gets this year, those two years, 30 mil and 32 mil, are void. They'll be non-existent. They don't count. It's fake news. Right? It's a fake extension. The reason for it is because the Patriots basically used those two years to manipulate the salary cap. Because what we found out in the initial report was that the Tom Brady extension, or should we just call it a raise at this point, The $8 million raise that he got for this year, it it helped the Patriots free up $5.5 million in cap space, which gives the Patriots a total of $13 million or around $13 million in cap space. And, you know, the the salary cap stuff can be complicated, but come to find out, the two-year extension was simply just used to open up cap space for this year, where the Patriots deferred cap hits you know, in this extension, but then the extension gets voided at the end of the uh, the end of this league year. So it's really still a contract year for Tom Brady. He just gets a raise. The Patriots free up cap space. And oh, yeah, one other little thing. There's a provision in the contract that the Patriots cannot put the franchise tag on Tom Brady before next season. They can't slap him with the franchise tag. So forget about the money that would be given to Brady It's just the headache of going through the franchise tag. We don't even have to worry about that or mention it. All right? So that's another provision in the contract. And because news came out that these two years of the extension become void at the end of the league year, and that this is essentially still a contract year for Brady, and that he can become a free agent next offseason, people have freaked out in this town. It's the biggest story. And I don't know that it's going anywhere. And that's why on Monday, you know, my message on Monday was, can you just let me enjoy this? Like, can you just let me enjoy whatever we have left with Tom Brady and the Patriots? And I told you, they're not going to let us enjoy it. And I, when I say they, I kind of mean just the national media. They're not going to let us enjoy the to- the end of the Tom Brady era. You know, let's be realistic. Even the biggest Tom Brady fans, I'm one of Tom Brady's biggest fans. But realistically, there isn't much time left. Is it two years? Is it one year? Is it two years? Is it three years? I don't don't know how many years it is. I can tell you it's not going to be five. I think even if you told me four years, it would be stretching it. It's not a... The window is only... Look, the window for Tom Brady and the Patriots to win championships together... It's only getting smaller. It's only getting smaller by the season. So realistically, this is something that if you're a Patriots fan, you should embrace this. You should embrace this. Because even Tom Brady said in uh, his little media gathering on Monday that Mike Giotti from NFL Network was at. And again, I, I talked to him about this. And I'll play that audio for you in just a few minutes. But uh, Tom Brady on Monday, a day after this contract was reported, and even as, you know, Monday afternoon, the news of uh, the final two years of the contract being void, all that news was trickling out. Tom Brady answered questions. And he even said, this is a unique situation. This is a unique situation. Not only that he's in, but also that the organi- a unique situation that the organization is in. And I agree with him. And as I wrote in a column for the Boston Metro today in the Metro newspaper, Tell us something we don't know. Tell us something we don't know. If you're sitting there looking at Tom Brady at 42 years old as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL still, as the reigning, defending Super Bowl champion, if you're looking at that going, oh, this is normal, (laughs) then you're not being realistic. You're not. You're not being realistic. This is anything but normal. This is unprecedented. This is as Tom Brady would call it himself, Unique, a unique situation. So, with this unique situation, especially given the way the Patriots have played the contract game over the years, you can only imagine that they would like to go year to year with Tom Brady. Like it, it and and from a business perspective, if you take the you take your Patriots jersey off for a second, you know, just look at it. Player X and team Y. And they have this relationship for the last twenty years. They they've won all these Super Bowls. They're the greatest dynasty in the history of sports. And player X is still at the top of his game at forty two years old. You know, you 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 traded the the backup that was that a lot of people thought would be the heir to the Iron Throne, and and now who do you got? Now we're gonna pump up Jared Stidham? Okay, give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, you got Etling running around catching passes, right? It's Stidham, what's he gonna do? Stidham will be a, a running back before you know it. They'll be pumping him up, though. They will. They will be the Stidham. The Stidham pump up will be a real thing before you know it. But uh, look, player X, team Y, a generic situation. Don't look at the player. Don't look at the team. You would think it's a smart decision for that team to handle this thing on a year-to-year basis. It's just smart business. It is. Now, from the player perspective, that's not ideal. Of course it's not ideal. It's, it's really not ideal. Contracts in the NFL are not ideal for anybody. They're not ideal for anybody. We talk about guaranteed money and fully guaranteed money, but at the end of the day, and Tom Brady also pointed this out on Monday, you know, every player in the NFL is playing on a contract that's year-to-year. Right? They are, and I don't think he was just. I I think that was real. I think that was a real comment. I know sometimes we think that he's just uh, tolling the company line and and just going the patriot way on us and giving the you know the the, the obvious responses that aren't going to create any controversy. But I think that was real. I I mean, because I think that's true. I think everything Brady said was true. Look, is it ideal for Tom Brady to be on a one year deal here? only 23 mil. I know we get an $8 million raise, but he's still criminally underpaid. He is. He is criminally underpaid. And it's not ideal for him to be in this situation, but it's even he points out it's unique. And from a business perspective, it it, it would be a smart decision for the organization to play it year to year. Now that said, if Tom Brady came out Monday and said, I'm walking out, I'm holding out. We're not getting anything done. You know, I, I know this reports I signed this contract, but I actually didn't sign the contract. and I'm going to hold out because I want to be the highest paid player in the game because I earned that. I deserve that. I've taken pay cut after pay cut to help this team, you know, with salary cap stuff, this, that, the other thing. I deserve to be paid. Pay me. I'm walking off. I didn't sign shit. I'm holding out. If he said that. From a PR perspective. Would he lose fans? Like, would he lose that PR battle? No way! Tom Brady would not lose that PR battle. If anything, I think he would gain more fans around the league. For people who hate Belichick, people who hate the Patriots, they would say, good for Brady for finally, for finally fighting back and standing up for himself. Good for him. I think that's what they say. So, if you have your finger on the pulse of the PR battle, which I think they do... If Brady wanted to hold out, or at least demand to be the highest-paid player, or at least demand a, a, ga- a whatever it is, what, what do you want to call it? Seventy million guaranteed for three years, right? I, whatever. If he wanted to demand that type of contract, I don't think anybody would argue with him, would you? I know I wouldn't. I'd say I. I'll, I mean, he's the greatest of all time. You don't have a backup. You traded his backup in Garoppolo, which again, I'm not complaining about, but when you do that, you commit to Tom Brady. you commit to to running this thing. you, you know this I, I said this early in the week. you know when this ship goes down, you've committed to this ship going down with Brady at the helm. That's what you committed to. when you trade the minute you traded Garoppolo, you committed to that. And again, I'm not complaining. I'm fine with that, but you committed to it. you committed to it. So Brady does have leverage. He's not going to lose a PR battle if he puts his foot down and says, I'm holding out. He's th- No, no way would he lose. He would gain fans, I'm telling you right now. And they have to know that. They have to know that. So all that said, none of this is ideal for Brady. He's still signed the contract. You know, people are going nuts in this town now because they see the void years. They see that he's going to become a free agent. They see that Brady's put his house on the market, his Brookline home for $39.5 million. I don't, for all I know, Brady's got something up his sleeve. When he sells the house, he's moving two blocks away to an even nicer home. I don't know. I have no idea what he's got going on with his house. I'm not going to overreact to that. I'm really not going to overreact to that. But people see all these things and they think, oh, Brady is gone. He's putting his foot down. He's no, This is Brady putting his foot down? This is Tom Brady putting his foot down. If th- I tell you what, if this is Tom Brady putting his foot down, he is doing a horrible job of putting his foot down. Because if he really wanted to put his foot down, he would hold out. And if he really wanted to put his foot down, he wouldn't have signed this deal. And I know you could say, well, he's still got an $8 million raise, Danny, so... If he gets an $8 million raise and can become a free agent and also gets a provision in which the Patriots cannot franchise him, which means he can get the $8 million raise and still walk after the season and tell the Patriots to to screw, you know, why wouldn't you sign it? And well, my answer to that is, and this is what I keep coming back to with Brady, when people try to now create this rift between Brady and Belichick or whoever Brady and Kraft, Brady and the Patriots. Brady, and and I think this is getting lost here in the conversation. And it's getting lost in the conversation because people want it to get lost, right? I think at this point, you know the people that want Brady and Belichick to hate each other. I think you know the people who need Brady and Belichick to hate each other, or at least need something being out there to give them a little fuel to spark that fire, to create this narrative that Brady and Belichick hate each other. And that there's this, this disconnect and this rift. People want that, some people need it. Those people are ignoring the fact that by Brady signing this extension, this phantom fake news extension, and getting a raise, he helps the Patriots out by opening up 5.5 mil! He didn't have to do this. If Brady's idea of putting his foot down is helping the Patriots out with their salary cap, still... He's doing a horrible job of putting his foot down. It's terrible. Who's his agent? (laughs) I know it's Don Yee, but I mean, if if Brady should be maybe mad at anybody, he should be mad at his agent. Right? Like, this is getting overlooked. All of this stuff that we're talking about with Brady, that he wanted the two years void, right? He he didn't want to be franchised. He wants the multi-year deal. They're ignoring the fact that, one, he's also acknowledging that it's a unique situation two, he helped the team with this extension he didn't have to sign any nobody made tom brady sign anything nobody put a gun to tom brady's head and said sign this contract he could have easily said i'm playing for 15 mil and i am not helping this team or you know let's let let give give me the most money out of anybody oh, you, go, you want to give me a raise? Guess what? You're going to have to give me a raise that's higher than every quarterback in the league. Like, he could have done that. He didn't. He signed the contract. Nobody made him sign this contract, and in the process of signing this contract, he helps the team. And as Mike Giotti pointed out in our conversation, which I'm going to play you in a minute, by helping the team, Brady also helps himself. Because let's see what they use this $13 million on now. Could they use it on a, on a receiver? Could they use it to get Rob Gronkowski to come back at some point. I don't think Gronk's going to come back week one. In fact, if you have committed to bringing Gronk back, it's probably best that you don't bring him back week one and try to make sure he's as healthy as possible by the end of the season and the playoffs, especially since this is a guy that has dealt with a whole lot of injuries and maybe doesn't want to play a full season. You shouldn't want him to play a full season. But my point is the 13 mil. Let's see what they do with that. Because for Brady signing this extension, which nobody made him do, by the way, He helps the team again. Is helping the team to open up cap space him putting his foot down on his own personal contract? I don't know. I mean, it does help him out by helping the team helps him out because maybe he gets a receiver. Someone gets Gronk back, you know, and then next year he gets another raise that maybe gets him close to 30 mil for next year. You know, who knows? And they open up even more cap space next year. Look, this idea that Tom Brady is that this is it, that this is the final season for him in New England, I think it's just absurd. I think it's absurd. I do. I think it's absurd. I think if the if put it this way, if Tom Brady, if this is his final season with the Patriots, then one of two things happen. Either he sucks or gets hurt and calls it um, I'll say 3 either he sucks one either two he gets hurt or three he decides to retire if tom brady has a, a season in which he helps the patriots get to the conference championship again there is no way that he is playing for another team next year the only way he play the only way brady plays for another team is if he sucks or gets hurt, and the Patriots say, eh, ah, we just can't do it. And I I still have a tough time seeing that. I think that the Patriots... like, I, Here's how I, I've always felt about Brady and the Patriots. I've always felt this way. I still feel this way right now. I do not rule out that Brady could finish his career with another team. I don't. I don't rule that out. I've pointed out many situations in pro sports where big name players finish their careers with other teams because they but, but why is that? Why you got to think about why that happens. It's because players try to hold on for too long. And when you try to hold on for too long, the team that you've been with in your prime in your best years, well, they're done with you. And then you get another organization that is like starving for a quarterback, starving for a big name, and they'll overpay For a suddenly underachieving player who's holding on for too long. That's the only situation that Brady goes to another team. I don't rule that out. You know, two, three years from now, maybe Brady doesn't have it anymore. And maybe he's like, "Ah, I'd like to give it one more shot. "Ah, But the Patriots are done with me because they see that I don't have it anymore. You know, and, and then all of a sudden the team comes calling that is starving for a big-name quarterback to sell some jerseys to think that maybe there's something left so they'll overpay. That's the only way Brady goes to another team. He's not going to go to another team because he's unhappy with the Patriots, he's still playing at an MVP-caliber level, and, you know, they won't give him the multi-year deal, so he's screwing. I don't see it playing out that way because I just don't see the Kraft family letting him go if he's still playing at a high level. There's no way... Are they going to sign him to a multi uh, to a fully guaranteed multi year deal next off season? No, again, it's a unique situation. Brady even acknowledges it. So this idea that Brady and the Patriots are done after this year, regardless of how it looks, regardless of how he plays, I just think that is that's kind of a lazy analysis to what Brady did with his contract over the weekend. Is Brady the happiest guy in the league? No, probably not. No. But nobody made him sign that contract. But because he signed that contract, he helped the Patriots out, open up cap space. Which could help Tom Brady out. And maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady ends up being... The happiest guy in the league in February, because that means maybe they win another Super Bowl. and if they do that, he's going to get another raise with the Patriots next year. They'll, they'll have this they'll have another unique extension with void years and saving the team with cap and Brady'll do the same thing like, uh, you know I wanted a multi-year deal, but you know what it's unique? I'm 43. they'll do the same shit. Nothing will change. This is a year-to-year situation. And if you're just waking up today figuring that out, then you're either clueless or you are begging for a Brady versus Belichick battle. You just are begging for them to hate each other. You you don't just want it. You need it. I don't want it or need it. And I'm trying to be realistic with what Brady did. Is it ideal for the player? Of course not. Of course not, but nobody, nobody made him sign a deal that also helps the team he currently plays for, and I can't get over that when listening to people try to tell me that Brady is running out of here at the end of the season, regardless of how he performs, regardless of what the Patriots offer him next year, because he is fed up. He is digging in, as they'll say, and he is giving it back to Belichick. Well, if he is digging in and giving it back to Belichick, he has a funny way showing it by helping Belichick out with the salary cap in the process. Please. That's getting ignored, and I can't ignore it. I can't get over it. And because of that, I don't think Tom Brady is going anywhere, again, unless he sucks, gets hurt, or retires. And I don't think he's going to suck. Who knows if he gets hurt We're not going to sit here and base a season on whether or not guys can get hurt because anybody can get hurt. Anybody can get hurt. Anybody. So we're not going to base it on that. So I don't think he's going to suck. And I don't think he's going to retire. And if, if he doesn't suck and he doesn't retire, he'll be back with the Patriots next year. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. All I can say is actually... To Brady. Like, if there is this little part of him that's, like, thinking about testing the free agent market and and thinking about going to another team, I just, here's what I will say to Tom Brady. Here's what I will advise him to do. What is it, Tuesday nights? Tuesday nights, right? Hard Knocks. Every Tuesday night, put on HBO, Tom. Put on HBO on Tuesday nights. Tell me you would want to go somewhere else. Because what you're going to see and, and the hard knocks with the Oakland Raiders debuted this week a couple nights ago. I watched it. I watched it. How many wins are the Raiders going to have? That is a that is an absolute clown show. Egos, I mean, it is <laughs> I would be I will be shocked if the Oakland Raiders win seven games. What did they have last year? Four wins. What did they have last year? Six. Either way, they they did not have a good year. And I know there were injuries. You know they have Antonio Brown now. Um. I mean the the show based on how about just the way they talk to Gruden. Do you think those? Do you think any of those guys would be able to talk to Bill Belichick like that? The way they communicate with John Gruden. The rookie safety there, um, Jonathan Abram, the way he was talking to Gruden, like talking back to him about how he's, you know, hitting guys with no pads. Like, you know, what was it, a walkthrough or something? I don't even know what it was. It was just no pads. Running through a play. He lays a lays a body on a guy. Oh, he likes to hit. He's like, oh, I like to hit. It's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, but but he's talking back to Gruden. And I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm watching it going, and then I'm watching Antonio Brown. What a clown! And you know, we do this thing where we're like, "Oh, Pittsburgh, my—they're getting worse. They're losing Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown." And I don't know if you watched my—I don't know if you watch my YouTube video game series. Subscribe right now, YouTube.com/slash Danny Picard. But I've been playing people in Madden, the new Madden 20 video game. And I was playing Slane, the actor and rapper Slain. He was in studio last week. And we played Madden 20, the episode's out on my YouTube channel now. And we he was Pittsburgh. He picked the Steelers in the game. And we were talking about how they lost Antonio Brown and, and they lost Le'Veon Bell. And uh, I think he implied like they were going to struggle because of that. And I was like, oh, I would pump the brakes on that because the league works. This league works in funny ways. And if anybody sees it, it's us here in New England. You know, you can lose stars... And you can have success. Like, I I think Pittsburgh might even be better without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. I think they might. I think they might. I know all the talks with Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is shotgun and beers at Cleveland Indians games. They got Odell Beckham Jr., man. What's the money on Pittsburgh winning that division? I wasn't going to say this even a couple weeks ago or feel this way a couple weeks ago, but then as I'm watching Antonio Brown on Hard Knocks, I'm watching Baker Mayfield on SportsCenter, Shotgunning, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to be that guy that's like, Baker Mayfield shouldn't be drinking beers. Like, I'm not saying. I'm not there. I actually like Baker Mayfield. I do. I wanted the Patriots to get him. I wanted, I wanted him to be Patriot. I wanted him to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Um, so it's not really about the Bears. It's just Odell Beckham Jr. Like, I I think he's a, he's just all about the drama and the spotlight. And the more I think about all these things, I'm like, I don't know. Is Cleveland the favorite to win that division? Are they? Are they the favorite? Let me look right now. And I don't mean to just Google shit. Um, during the show, but it's a, this is important to me because I, I actually, might, I mean, I actually might, I might actually put this bet in. Here we go. Odds to win the AFC North. Yeah, the Browns are the favorite. The Browns are the favorite. Pittsburgh has the second best odds. uh Baltimore is a sneaky pick too. You saw them get to the playoffs last year. <laughs> Cincinnati plus fourteen hundred. Man, imagine being a Bengals fan. What the fuck? <laughs> embrace the Tom Brady years. You could be the Bengals, man. You could be the Bengals. Do they ever have anything going for them? Like, they got injuries and shit now? What are they playing? What kind of turf are they, they practicing on that's causing injuries? They were, like, playing on, like, a youth football field or something, right? I mean, they can't figure anything out in Cincinnati. They can't figure anything out. Who's the quarterback that Cincinnati had that I thought they should have went with over Dalton? Who'd they have in the playoffs, right? Against against Pittsburgh? And it was just stupid penalties for Cincinnati two years ago? It the Pac-Man Jones penalty at the end of the game. Remember, like, he had coaches coming on the field. But Cincinnati, the backup quarterback, who was it? A.J. AJ McCarran. They got rid of him, right? He could have been. I think he should be their quarterback. They should have stuck with him. Who knows what they'd be doing right now? But they can't make any right decisions. You could be Cincinnati. You don't want to be Cincinnati plus fourteen hundred to win the division. Uh, But Pittsburgh has the second best odds. I'd put money on Pittsburgh. Just what I'm seeing. I mean, what? Again, I know I went on a rant there. Tom Brady. If you are thinking or considering going somewhere else, which I don't think he's doing, but if you are. Tom, just take my advice. Tuesday nights, put on HBO. What is it? 10 o'clock on Tuesdays? 9 or 10 o'clock Eastern time? Put on HBO on Tuesday nights and watch that absolute clown show in Oakland. Watch it. Watch it. They call themselves a, a, a dysfunctional family, that organization. And it's true. At least they're honest with themselves. They are a dysfunctional family. It's a clown show. Antonio Brown, the rookie safety who talks back to the coach already. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Gruden's a clown too. The whole thing is a shit show. Tom, watch Hard Knocks on Tuesday nights. And and, and and you you can't say, well, that's just Oakland. No, I think that's most of the rest of the league. Most of the rest of the league's like that. So embrace what you got here in New England. Not just if you're a Patriots fan, but hey, Tom, even you. Even you. And I'm a huge Brady fan. But the the later you get in your career, do you really want to go to another organization and have to go through a training camp with with a new staff and a staff that does not handle things like Belichick does? I'm not saying that Belichick's the reason you had success in your career or Belichick is the main reason that you're going to have success moving forward. But holy shit, when you're 42, 43 years old and you only got a couple years left, you really want to suddenly go to another organization and jump into an absolute shit show? And most of the league is a shit show, like you will see on Tuesday nights on Hard Knocks. That's what you want to do? There's no way Tom Brady wants to do that. He's a smart guy. How do I know that? Because... Amidst all of this bubble of... And all this controversy that we have in this town with the Tom Brady contract and everybody thinking he wants to go somewhere else, people are ignoring the fact that he just helped the Patriots open 5.5 million in cap space. If you hate the organization that much and you can't wait to get out of here, why in the world are you signing a deal that helps the team? Like... People people just straight up ignoring that. Right? That if Brady doesn't sign this deal, they don't open $5.5 million. They don't have thirteen mil. million. They're going to do something with it. What are they going to do? Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. I was joined over the phone earlier by Mike Giotti from NFL Network. I apologize if I said, did I say Comcast Sportsnet earlier? I worked with him at Comcast Sportsnet. He was there for so long sometimes it just rolls off the tongue like that. But... Mike Giotti, NFL Network, joined me over the phone. We talked about Brady's contract. I got his thoughts on that and uh, asked him what they could do with the $13 million that they now have. Here's my conversation with Mike. Enjoy it and stick around afterwards because I do have some thoughts on some Red Sox news. Dan Shaughnessy has a report on Dave Dombrowski and his relationship with the organization. I will try to get to the bottom of that. So uh, enjoy and stick around afterwards. Joining me over the phone right now is Mike Giotti from NFL Network. Mike, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good, Danny. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you were in Detroit earlier this week for the joint practices with the Patriots and the Lions. They play their first preseason game uh, that's tonight on this Thursday, August 8th. But if you're not listening on Thursday, then it already happened. But really, who cares about the first preseason
1: game, right, Mike? Yeah, it's uh I mean it, it's always intriguing to watch some of the younger players compete but let's face it it's not the 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 all end all and most of the the important players like Tom Brady will not be will not be participating.
0: And Tom Brady's the biggest story and his contract is the biggest story. Uh, when this was first reported, I think it was what, Sunday? I think it was first reported yep. uh it was reported as a 2-year $70 million extension, as we know the details are, basically it's an $8 million raise for Brady this year, uh, which is still going to be the last year of his contract because those those two years on the extension, uh, they avoid void right as the league year will end in March, and so Brady will still be a free agent. In the process, it opens up $5.5 million in cap space, given the Patriots' Somewhere around 13 mil, I believe, if I have my math correct for this season. $13 million in cap space. (laughs) And, Mike, you know, I'm going back and forth with some some friends over the weekend seeing this. And we're wondering why or how the Patriots could give Brady this contract, give him a raise, and then also open up 5.5 mil in cap space. I know it can be a complicated system, but I actually – I should let the people know, full disclosure – I texted you and I said, Mike, explain this to me because I'm trying to clarify with some people how they open up the 5.5 million in cap space with this. And basically, you know, there was this website that explained it because no report really explained it, except this one website that you pointed me to. And it's basically what just let's let's clarify this for people who might not know. It, the deferred years, the, the two-year extension, they basically defer the money for the cap hit, right? That's basically all that happens yep. with the extension?
1: Yeah, and, and again, it, it goes to show you uh, that, that how, and Belichick has said this before, how you can really kind of make the cap do what you want to make it do. And, and this is the, the manipulation of the cap, and this is something that, that other teams have done. And in fact, I know multiple people pointed it out. Drew Brees signed his extension. It's a big five-year extension, but it was really a two-year contract, and the, the years three, four, and five were were voidable years. But the Patriots have never done this before, so you know I, I think it, it surprised a lot of people in that regard as well. But yeah, it's just I, again the, the the way you can do things to the cap is is pretty uh, it's pretty malleable that way, and, and they were able to you know to create some space here, and but yet somehow give them money. It's it's. You don't want to bog people down in the details, but it does. It it happens a lot more than I think people think. Okay. Well,
0: this this situation, though, with Brady being forty two years old, being one of the best quarterbacks in the league, still, uh, you know, the quarterback of the reigning defending Super Bowl champs. This is, as even Brady pointed out, a unique situation. So, with this unique situation, Mike. When you look at this Brady contract and Brady's future, because everybody now is questioning Brady's future with the Patriots, questioning his relationship with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. I mean, what else is new there, right? How long have we been (laughs) questioning that relationship (laughs) with some of the decisions the organization makes? But it's really in question right now. When you saw this contract and then you saw the details and the void years and the team not being able to franchise him and Brady still being able to become a free agent, um, what does this contract tell you about Tom Brady's future in New England?
1: Well, I I, I tweeted about it on, on Sunday when the news first came out, and I, I think it surprised some people in the sense that he he wanted a shorter deal. Now, initially he didn't want a shorter deal. He obviously wanted security. I want to play though I'm 44, 45 years old, 45 sure. is a stated date. Give me that security. Uh, and the Patriots were like, look, we, we we're not – we can't do it that way. You're in uncharted he, he also said not only unique but he said uncharted territory and I think that's from the patriots like no one has ever done this no one has ever been a productive um quarterback you know a, a super bowl caliber quarterback at this age we're not comfortable giving you 60 million guaranteed or whatever you know whatever the going rate would be for that for that term mm-hmm. for a longer term and so Brady sort of put off by it, and then had to reassess. And in reassessing and reassessing quickly, he's like, "Screw it! I want I want a one year deal. Essentially, I, I'm I'm betting on me, and I'm putting the onus on you with this no franchise tag and the voidable years being ripped up. The end of the you know the 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 end of the league year that by putting it on them, he's betting on himself saying. If I perform as I did last year, even if, you know, th- there might have been some slight regression last year, but <laughs> you still end up winning a Super Bowl. So if he gets to that point again, he puts the onus on the Patriots. You're going to let Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, Tom Brady, sixth, who knows, maybe a seventh Super Bowl ring and all these trips to AFC title games. You're going to let me become a free agent. Who who wins that TR battle?
0: But they, you know,
1: it, it, it's not going to be the Patriots,
0: Mike. They're not really going to let him become a free agent, though, right? I mean, it, look, if Brady, I think the reality of of this is the unique situation, you know, unprecedented, um, unshotted territory. Is that what you said? He 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 yeah. called it. Um, if Brady performs at a high level, still, he will get another raise before next season, right? Isn't that the reality of this? If you really want to simplify it. I would say
1: that I'm fairly certain that's what will happen, but I will say that I was surprised that the Patriots sort of approached him this off season with a similar deal that they approached him with last off season, which was, you can get $25 million, but we're attaching incentives to it that were going to be difficult to reach. And look, Brady's no fool. You know, he didn't reach any of them last year. And then he's looking at his receiving core saying, well, Gronk's gone. You know, obviously they expect Julian to be back, so that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But we're throwing a lot of things at the wall here and hoping something sticks. So how am I going to throw for, you know, 5,000 yards if I'm throwing a Maurice Harris and and a rookie receiver and Harry and Braxton, be- whatever whatever it ends up shaking out. And I think that's where, you know, you wonder if the Patriots are going to sort of go hard line again when it comes... When push comes to shove. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm with you. I tend to lean towards uh strongly that they will just they'll figure out a way to make it work. Um but clearly he I don't know that I'm saying he's through playing ball with them, but he's playing harder ball with them than I think he ever has.
0: Is putting his house on the market forty million, his Brookline home, um what, thirty nine point five million he put it on the market? What is that? Yeah. Is he really selling it or is he I mean is that part of the game? Like I don't I'm a little confused by that. But I'm at the same time I'm not I'm not overreacting to it and saying, "Well, this is it." Because I do I like I want to simplify it and say I think that if Brady has a potential MVP caliber season or at least, you know, leads this team to the conference championship again, I think they're going to find a way to bring him back. They're not going to let him leave. But I mean, what how about him putting his house on the market? What what does that tell you?
1: Yeah, I don't go. I, I, I understand the fall of the real estate. And obviously he's been looking for houses in New Jersey and Greenwich, Connecticut and, and, and some of these posh towns. I think uh, Super G Giselle has, has not loved living here. I think that they're she'd like to be closer to New York. So the fact that they're looking in that direction doesn't. You know, doesn't mean me. Oh my God, they're gonna. He's gonna go play for the Jets next year or the <laughs> no. Giants. Yeah. That doesn't make me think that um, they're also. They like to flip their real estate. Um, that's something they've done before. I mean, they built a house in L.A. and I think they took a loss on it, but they never even lived in that house. Um, they've sold condos in New York City, and and it's all been within you know four, five, six years. They 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 buy. They build up equity and they turn around and flip it. You know, rich people staying richer. It's it's a smart move if you can do it. So I, I'm not I'm not too caught up in that. Okay. I do think that the the releasing of it when it got released, and I know they retracted it at least from the websites. So whether it's still actively for sale or not, I don't know. Was kind of that was a little odd to me. You know, like yeah wait, so he just signed this contract that was supposed to be, that initially is reported as a two year extension. And then he, and it's not. And then he comes out and says, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm on a one year deal and basically spits all over the idea that was an extension. And then all of a sudden this house pops up for sale and and then gets retracted. It's like, I I don't, that that was a little odd. And maybe it's a power player. Maybe someone just hit the wrong button and submitted the house. And then what are you doing? You, You know, you totally screwed me here. And, you know, they pull it back off. I, I I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not going absolutely bananas about that. And plus, as we know, Danny, he has the money. All right. You know what? Say we can sell this house for 39.5 million. Great. Right? We made a huge profit on it. Now we just buy a condo in Boston for a few million or wherever, somewhere close that I can get to work back and forth. And, you know, then we turn around, and we go, we go buy that house in, in Greenwich or wherever. Yeah, so I, it doesn't. I'm
0: not crazy over that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I mean, I'm not overreacting to that. I think we have a, a tendency to, especially in this day and age, to overreact to stuff and, and maybe even overthink it. I mean, for all we know, they, you know, Brady has some other house lined up somewhere else, right? I mean, th- 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 who knows, right down the street. Like, I have no idea. And, and I'm not going to – I don't want to sit here and talk about his house for 20 minutes, but I had to ask you. I didn't know if you were on board with, with – where with some people are on board with which is overreacting to the house, but it sounds like you're not. Speaking with Mike Giotti from NFL Network joins me over the phone today as the Patriots get set for preseason week one with the big story is Tom Brady's contract. And uh, look, Mike, if Brady wanted to hold out and demand that he becomes the highest paid player in the league, I don't think he would lose fans here in New England. In fact, I think he would gain fans around the league. If he did that for really playing hardball with Bill Belichick, so I really don't feel too bad for Brady. At the same time, because he did sign this, nobody made him sign this eight million dollar raise or this two year extension. Nobody made him sign. He signed it, and in the process, he does help the team out to open up five point five mil. Right, like so. When people say they're not, maybe they're not. Could be helping
1: himself, but it could be a left tackle. It could be a receiver. It could be a tight end. Like that's. Those are all possibilities. You know? Exactly.
0: And I, I think this idea that this contract is an example that Brady and Belichick there's a rift there or they're not getting along and that this is the end. I think we need to take a step back and go, well, let me let's see what they do now with this extra five point five mil. Let's see what they do with this thirteen mil. So Brady did do something to also help the team, which ultimately, like you said, could help himself, which ten could also help his negotiation next off season for another raise with the Patriots. So, I, I mean, I'm not wrong when I say he did do something to help the team, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I I do find it interesting, Danny, that he, and you mentioned it. Like no one put, no one said you have to sign these contracts. No, no. one said you have to take less than the market value. And I think his whole thing for a long time, and you know, maybe it's still in his brain, is you know, I wanted to start. I finish where I started. I want to be, you know. I don't want to be Montana. I don't want to end up somewhere else. Um, and, and this is a great story, you know. And and to play as long as he has in one place. So I, I do find it odd that now all of a sudden is when he's like, "eh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little bit tougher here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hard line. Like in in his head, look, he, he he looks around and says, "I'm the best quarterback in the league." and he he is if not one of the best he he's definitely one of the best right now still right yeah. at his age but why wait until you're 42 to make that push and and why would you expect that the patriots would be like yeah here's three year extension real extension with top of the line quarterback money like the time to do that was he could have done it 3, three years ago 3 years ago yeah you know you're in you're in this crazy place where who the heck knows? I mean, yeah, you take great care of yourself, um, but again, no one's done it before. We kind of almost have to. I, I understand the Patriots saying we're living year to year on this because we don't know how it's going to look, Yes. and we don't want to commit. And then all of a sudden, you suck, and we're we're saddled with you know, you know, whatever it is, twenty million against the cap, and we're looking for another quarterback. You know, because then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we can't continue. To be a competitive football team or as competitive as we would like because we're paying a 43, 44 year old quarterback who can't really play anymore. So I did find that kind of odd that he's pushing it now. He should have pushed it a long time ago. Yeah. Again, I think if he pushed it a long time ago, Danny, like you said, the fans wouldn't have revolted against him because they'd be like, he's the best quarterback in the league. You pay him. That's what everybody else does. You pay your quarterback. Pay, pay your quarterback.
0: Yeah, he could do it now. I mean, honestly, he could he could hold out or he could. He could demand this multi-year, fully guaranteed contract. He wouldn't lose fans. Like I said, I think he would gain fans for, for playing that game with Belichick. But at the same time, man, you signed this. And right. so, you know, I have a tough time feeling bad for the guy. Um, but that 13 mil, where do you think they're going with that? And and when you see that number, do you think Gronk or no?
1: Um. Well, I do think Gronk a little bit in the sense that um, by creating more space, you've allowed yourself to do something, you know, if you if you feel like you're I mean, look, they, they clearly know they have some needs. So now you have to wait to see how it shakes out with the other teams. And, you know, who knows, maybe some young player emerges in some other city and they say, hey, our veteran left tackle who's a good player isn't worth. we're paying him, this guy's going to beat him out, or Mm. we're willing to make that move now because he's going to be 90% of that guy. And all of a sudden, they have more wiggle room. One of the concerns, I think, I'm pretty sure Greg Bedard wrote about it, was that where they were prior to the restructure, they couldn't make the Trent Williams, which I know everybody wants, and Washington's still kind of holding on to that. They don't want to make that move, but it sure sounds like they're they're in a terrible place. And I don't know that that's – and they've been in a terrible place for six months. So I'm not really sure how that's going to change, um, but if you make a move for Trent Williams, then you you would have eliminated Gronk in his entirety. Yeah. And now, by creating more space, and let's face it, they can do it with other guys too if they want, um, and create more space. They're now giving themselves flexibility to acquire a bigger salary, and yet still keep, you know, the the fire burning for Gronk if Gronk wants to come back. Trent
0: Williams, that's not happening though, right? I mean, th-
1: I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, th- th- I, I just bring him up because obviously everyone everyone's going crazy over talking that, about that He is still an elite left tackle. He, he's, not, he's never healthy. He, he hasn't played a thousand snaps since 2013. Uh, that's a pretty long time, and he, he constantly has something. Now he would be an upgrade. even if you think Isaiah Wynn can eventually step in there and be a really good left tackle, he'd be an upgrade right currently. But it's a lot of money. He wants, and he actually wants a pay raise. So I think he's he's 11 against the cap this year, and he wants. That's another part of the whole thing is he wants more money. So I, they'd have to figure that out too. So I, I don't know. I, I I think that would have. I think that's a long shot. I'd basically. be shocked.
0: I would be shocked, especially at that position, where the Patriots have proven that with Dante Scarnecchia running the offensive line, like, they turned water into wine, right? I mean, Trent Brown, yeah. I know they traded for Trent Brown, but he was still a project. And then next thing you know, he becomes the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, right? And the Patriots are like, okay, yeah, go get that money. Um, we yeah. know we can slide but someone could. else in here. I don't think the next move is like, yeah, let's go trade something for Trent Williams and then pay him. Like, I'd be shocked if they made that move.
1: Yeah. I mean, look what they did with Bennett. So Bennett wanted it. He's in the later stages of his latter stages of his career. Uh, he wanted more money. You know, they restructure it again, sort of give him more money, but create the same sort of dent against the cap. And I look at that as a, it's a one year, you know, and, and okay, if it, if it goes really well and you're really good and you like the experience, you know, we'll consider bringing you back, but to add years onto it and to add guaranteed money onto it, uh, for Williams just. It, does, it doesn't that doesn't smell like a Patriots move at all um at all and you're right with Skarnecki. it's he's just like give me the five best yeah what are our five best I'll make it work and when your quarterback gets rid of the ball in 2.1 seconds or whatever it is on average um you can get away with a an okay tackle as opposed to a uh an all-timer in Trent Williams all
0: right yeah I agree so um thanks a lot Great job, as always. Uh, listen, hopefully we can get you in studio before the season begins. So yeah. let, let's try to work that out, all right? Yeah, let's make that happen. All right, Mike. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right, great stuff right there from Mike Giotti, NFL Network. And, uh, you know, I'm sticking my guns in the Trent Williams thing. I do I do not think the Patriots are going to get Trent Williams. I'd be shocked if they did. With Gronk, I mean, this money they opened up, it's Who knows? Yeah, it could end up being Gronk. I'm telling you, Gronk will return. I just don't know when. I just don't know when. But he will return. Let's just see what they do with the 13 mil. Patriots begin the preseason tonight. NFL preseason week one this weekend. I can't tell you how much I'm going to watch, if any at all. Uh, But if something crazy does happen, I will react to it on Monday. I did tell you guys that Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated was going to join me in studio this week. That is not going to happen. Justin Barrasso covers professional wrestling for Sports Illustrated. And once every couple months, he joins me in studio right before the major pay-per-views in the WWE. And the major one, is, another major one is this weekend, SummerSlam. He was supposed to join me. We rescheduled. He is going to join me next week, I think either Monday or Tuesday, to react to SummerSlam, which is this Sunday night. So uh, we'll react to that on a show next week in case people were wondering. I did say on Monday that he would join me in studio. That is not the case. We rescheduled. We're doing it next week. But uh, I'm going to close out the show here with some thoughts on the Red Sox because I was watching them last night and they got rained out. There was a downpour last night around 10 o'clock and maybe even a little later. And it continued into the night all night. And, um... The game was tied at four, Red Sox and Royals, so they had to suspend the game. They basically said, "Fuck it, we'll we'll do it in a, we'll do it in, we'll do it later in the month. We'll do it later in August. August twenty second, they're going to resume this game in extra innings, tied at four. Nathan Avaldi blew a save. It was four three, and he blew it. And you know, it's more of the same with the Red Sox, a team that looks lost. They look lost." And there's a report today that Dave Dombrowski is isolating himself from everybody in the organization other than Frank Wren and Tony LaRusa. This is Dan Shaughnessy from the Boston Globe. Today uh it's one of his picked up pieces columns. We give some thoughts on multiple stuff, different things. And here it is. He says, picked up pieces while planning a rare October vacation. That's a shot at the Red Sox, obviously, because the Red Sox are not going to the playoffs. They're not going to the postseason. They're six games out of the wild card. As I record this, I got a couple teams in front of them. They begin a series with the Angels this weekend, a four-game series beginning tonight at Fenway. But the Red Sox are done. They're done. I already told you that. I told you that on Monday. Red Sox are done. It sounds like Dan Shaughnessy believes the same Uh, He continues. I'll be shocked. This is from the story. Quote, I'll be shocked if Dave Dombrowski is back with the Red Sox next season. Boston's president of baseball operations has increasingly isolated himself with pals Frank Rem and Tony La Russa and has few friends inside Fenway's walls. Dombrowski is under contract for just one more season. Shaughnessy continues. When you have the top payroll in baseball and don't make the playoffs, somebody has to go. Alex Cora isn't going anywhere. Dombrowski has been exactly what we thought he would be. He delivered a championship, but he gets the blame for the Chris Sale and Nathan Eovaldi contracts and for failing to address the bullpen need. He's clearly not the guy to oversee a much-needed farm system rebuild. Candidate to replace Dombrowski? Eddie Romero. End quote. Now, the news here is that it sounds like Dan Shaughnessy's sources tell him that Dave Dombrowski is only communicating with Frank Wren and Tony La Russa, Which is that a problem? It's I mean, you're not communicating with, with Sam Kennedy. I would say that I would say it's a problem. If you're only communicating with those two guys, though it's not like he's just communicating with, with any any two schmucks in the organization—I mean Frank Wren and Tony Larusso—I think are pretty decent roles. Um, but you're not—I mean there's no communication with with Sam Kennedy or with ownership. And I mean, the immediate response here is that Dan Shaughnessy, the Globe, Red Sox ownership, Henry Warner—who's feeding this information to Dan Shaughnessy? He's obviously getting it from a, a source higher up, you would think. And you would think that source is Red Sox ownership, knowing that this is in the globe, and it's Dan Shaughnessy writing it. So it's got to be a pretty good source. It's got, I, don't, I don't think he's making this up. Now, where I disagree is with Dan's opinion, because he says when you have the top payroll in baseball and don't make the playoffs, somebody has to go. I, I don't think it needs to be Dave Dombrowski. Because he says, well, Dave Dombrowski is to blame for the Chris Sale contract, the Nathan, Eval- Nathan Evaldi contract, and for failing to address the bullpen need. He's clearly not the guy to oversee a much-needed farm system rebuild. Why do they need a mu- why is the farm system rebuild much needed? This is—a lot of the Red Sox stars, offensively at least, are young kids. Rafael Devers is the most hits in Major League Baseball. Right? You talk about Benatendi. I mean, Mookie Betts is still young. Bogots is still young. Um. I so I don't know that I see the farm system rebuild to be much needed or to happen right at this very moment. So I'm not using that as a reason to get rid of Dave Dombrowski. Does somebody have to go? If you are the defending champs and you don't make the playoffs the next year. I think that's a a strong opinion. I don't think someone has to go. I think if you wanted to make a change, it can't hurt. And I'm not going to be pissed off about it. But I don't think that change needs to be Dombrowski. Man, I think we are so quick... To really get rid of guys that we like to say don't do their job. How about the starting pitches that haven't done their job? Chris Sale and David Price. And I'm not saying get rid of Chris Sale. But if you wanted to trade David Price, then maybe that's the change you should make. Maybe that's the change you should make. Instead of getting rid of Dombrowski. But look, if there's an issue with Dombrowski and ownership, then maybe that's the path we're going down. But if, if, if you... Told me that maybe that's an exaggeration of the facts. That okay, Dombrowski is just talking with Ren and Larusa, and and you know they could he can get in a room with ownership and they can work things out and they can come up with a plan. Then I don't think Dombrowski has to go. I don't think he has to go. Is is this an exaggeration of the facts? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so i will have to see how it plays out. But if you just ask me what needs to change with the Red Sox if they don't make the postseason, which they won't, I'll tell you that what needs to change is, you know, you got to take a serious look at your roster and a serious look at the contracts for a lot of these guys, and you got to say, well, who are we paying the most to who's not doing their job? Who are we paying the most to that we think m- might not be able to do their job the way they're getting paid here moving forward? I'm not giving up on Chris Sale just yet. I'm, I'm not even giving up on Nathan Avaldi, But, I mean, if you wanted to move David Price, I, I'd i be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I think moving on from Dombrowski, I think it's just, it sounds spoiled. Dombrowski put together a world champion. And there were some things that you needed to do to make that happen. And he made them happen. I mean, he brought Chris Sale here. That's a major reason why they won. Um, you know, you you look at the David Price signing. I mean, David Price should have been the World Series MVP. Uh, Nathan Evaldi. If You don't go out and get Nathan Avaldi last year. You don't win a World Series, right? Based on how he pitched. Um... J.D. Martinez. I mean, you can't sit here and say that Dave Dombrowski hasn't done a great job with the team when he put together a world champion. Obviously, this year we have some different opinions based on on, on how he put this thing together. But, man, if you're telling me the Red Sox aren't— If you're telling me they are not a talented team, then I just don't think you're— <laughs> I mean, I don't think you you're looking at the roster for what they are. For what it is, I'm not putting this on Dombrowski. I wish he added a, a bullpen arm at the deadline, but as it turns out, and at the end of that 14-game stretch, you know, you lose eight straight. It wasn't because of the bullpen. It was because your best starters and your best players ultimately weren't the, the best players and the best starters. And those guys blew it. So, I would not be getting rid of Dombrowski, but it does sound like if there is some type of We talk about rifts between certain players or or certain people in an organization. If this report is true from Dan Shaughnessy, and there is a rift between ownership and Dombrowski, then maybe that is a move they got to make in one of those, you know, you want me to cook the dinner, let me shop for the groceries, and if you don't trust the way I'm shopping the groceries, how can you not trust the way I'm shopping for the groceries? I just put together a world champion. Not even, not even a calendar year removed from me putting together a world champion. And you, now you're, and you're upset with me? I'm not the one that that went out and got lit up in the Bronx last weekend. How much are we paying those guys? That's not on me. That's on them. And so I would me personally, I wouldn't get rid of Dave Dombrowski. But we'll see what happens. The blame is on the players. And for the most part of Major League Baseball, it always should be. It really should be. It really is the most individual sport there is. And, um, you know, as the Red Sox continue this season and don't get to the postseason, which they won't, you know, we'll be talking more about offseason moves. And I think if you're going to talk about offseason moves, I think that the Red Sox should be talking about letting Dave Dombrowski make some rather than getting rid of Dave Dombrowski. But we'll see what happens. With the Red Sox, any other rumors or reports that come out that are somewhat juicy, I will obviously react to them on this show next week. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I will be posting a video clip of my conversation with Mike Giotti from NFL Network. And uh, special thanks to Mike Giotti from NFL Network who joined me over the phone earlier i hope we can get him in studio before the season begins uh but the preseason begins in the nfl this weekend enjoy it if that's what you're gonna watch um but if something crazy does happen i will react on monday have a great weekend everybody i'm out talk to you next week